Knicks fans. <laughs> How you doing? It's your boy John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. And I'm joined by um I don't know what what funny way can I introduce this person. I'm joined by someone I haven't really been talking to a lot over the last month. I feel like we had a a robust text um chat going throughout the season into the beginning of the off season. And then the last, th- not through the fault of this person, but just all of us. Um, it's been crickets the last, the last month. So Fred Katz, what have you been, what have you been doing with your life? Absolutely nothing. Just sitting around waiting for news on the Trevor Keels contract. You want to hear something crazy? I, I, I want to. Yes, I do want to hear something crazy. Wild. You want to hear the great, it's so funny. I don't think I've at least, I mean, it's probably happened before, but in my reporting career, I've never been aware of a situation where every single person in the industry collectively dropped the ball to this level. So this is, this. this is, this is, this is thir- myself included, obviously. So this is, we're recording this on, on Thursday. Uh, it was At yesterday. Noon. Yeah. It was yesterday that Keith Smith reported that, Trevor Keels had re-signed with the Knicks on a two-way contract. Yes. Accurate report from Keith. He was 100% correct. So I, I go to hit it up to confirm. And the person who I confirm with sees the, the details in the, in the league office of the contract. It's two-way contract. And I went to see if it was a one-year or two-year deal. So I could report it. It was a one-year deal. And he says, this was signed July 8th. And it's July 19th. And just like nobody knew that well, you kills. Didn't you originally report that they extended the qualifying offer for the two-way, correct? Correct. And that was uh what? That was that was like you know June 30th or something. Yeah. But he signed it on July 8th, sat there, signed with the Knicks for 11 days, and left the rest of error on this. And 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 nobody got it. And then I guess, I guess, you know, somebody alerted Keith Smith to it. And 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 Keith reported it. And he was correct. And he he got the report. And then, you know, everybody else was able to follow up and get confirmation. But yeah, it was like normally it's like two sides find out. And before it's like the name is on the signature, like they have the verbal agreement, some reporter ends up getting sure. it. You know, obviously, usually either Woj or Shams or Haynes. And I think Trevor Keels uh, might be a little beneath. Yes, Woj, for sure. Level. Trevor Keels is absolutely not beneath me. You know, like I reported extending the qualifying offer to Trevor Keels. You know, like I, that's less of a big deal Ooh. than Trevor Keels actually signing a contract. Did you have the top in was uh, exhibit 10 or was that? Begley, or was that? I don't know. If maybe I'm I had the else. top and was exhibit ten. You had that too. That was a good one. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's you know, funny because we're real nerds. If <laughs> if Jacob Toppin being on exhibit ten was a good one, you want to talk about real nerds? When the I forget which news hit first, the Nathan Knight new news. By the way, I hope you're prepared to talk 45 minutes about uh, Nathan. Did I get his first name right? Is it Nathan Knight? Nathan Knight. Nathan Knight. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a great name, by the way. That's a fantastic name. Oh, it's, like, a, it's a wonderful. Like, g- generally, I, I like alliterative names that don't start with hard consonants, and and you know, like Marshall Mathers. That's a that's a great name. That's like the one oh, that's thing. A, that's the one thing that Eminem's mom. Right. It's the one thing that Eminem's mom like did did really well for him. That's a great name. Eminem's mom. But, if you're listening to this, that is not an opinion shared 
by the next film school podcast. That is an opinion of Fred Katz, just to be clear. She had Munchausen's by proxy. <laughs> she made him sick when he was a kid. She would like convince Ever, him he was sick and made him sick. Everybody makes mistakes, Fred. I'm sure she did a lot of other <laughs> lovely things. Anyway, Marshall Mathers, great name. I don't know how the fuck we got onto this. Yeah, well, I, Nathan, Nathan Knight. Oh, is Nathan just, Knight. That's yeah. like, that, that's a that's a cool name. Like that's a really that's just like a good like good job, Mister and Mrs. Knight. Like that's a I love that. Like I don't like I'm not like oh a crazy name. I love that. Ironically, I'm like that's a Nathan Knight is because the thing is that Nathan in general is not an amazing name, but that that's a name kind. that's that's greater you know the 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 what is it the uh the greater whole is greater than the sum of its yeah. parts yeah it's it's a great it's a great name knight is a normal last name nathan is just kind of run of the mill name and you put it together and you're like damn good job nathan knight Props. is actually that's a pretty good superhero alias a hundred percent well yeah. a lot of the, you get Clark you get Kent, a lot of nathan knight yeah nathan knight peter parker you get peter a lot Parker's. of yeah yeah um, a lot of the alliteration there. Well, whether it was Nathan Knight or the Keels news that hit first yesterday, or hit whichever one hit second, my my first thought that popped into my head was, what does this mean for Dwayne Washington Jr.? Because they had, as you reported, they extended him the qualifying offer. So now I guess Dwayne Washington Jr. is not getting to do his spot. No, uh, <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. I, I actually have been meaning to text someone just to f- make sure that uh, they officially pulled the qualifying offer to to Dwayne Washington Jr. I, I wouldn't they have to? Do you want to talk about nerdery? Do, what happens if they well, don't? And they, but he can't sign. Technically, it. he can. And what happens if he signs it? If he signs the qualifying offer, then he comes back on a two way. And the Knicks then immediately have to release one of their two. Oh, can they release him? They can release him. Okay. They have to, they have to pay him out on the two way. So, so technically they, they may not have rescinded it yet, but it wouldn't make any sense for them not to. Because they have to count against the cap. Two ways don't count against the cap. So if they wanted to do solid by him, he could, they, they could technically just, Give up, I don't know how much a two way is for now. It's I know it's for more money, but like that would be an interesting little. Yeah, something. if they, I, I guess if they wanted to do solid by him, if they really liked him, they could be like, if you don't get signed, pick up the qualifying offer, and we'll give you. I, I forget how much money it is if yeah. you just get released immediately, but it's it's something. Listen, anytime we could spend, I think it's seventy Dolan's money. What? <laughs> I think I think it's seventy five k. I think it's the same amount as an exhibit ten. I think. Okay. Listen, seventy five k is not nothing. Uh, to 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 I'm sure to Dwayne Washington Jr. It's not nothing. Uh, this is exactly not to me. No, not to me either. I'll take 75k. <laughs> Any listeners out there, if you would like to fund Fred Katz for I don't know what you want Fred Katz to do for 75k, come up with something creative, and then Fred Katz will let you know if he'll do it for 75k. Um, this is clearly what people came here to to talk about uh we had a, a whole rundown which we'll we'll get to the stuff on the rundown uh that andrew proposed yesterday but i want to stop start with uh some fresh reporting that you fred katz had this morning for the athletic he dropped a piece um because if you are someone that is in any way shape or form related to the knicks or covering the knicks or writing about the knicks or talking about the knicks um you had to weigh in on 
the comments of a player who uh, has nothing to do with the Knicks as of right now, but as you so eloquently wrote, uh, there is much speculation as to whether or not he could have something to do with the Knicks in the future. So I'm just going to put it on a tee for you. You wrote about basically like Joel Embiid said this stuff. And, um, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean for the Knicks in your estimation? I mean, my story was basically, I don't know what it means. You know, jo- Joel, Joel really selling yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please go. You'll learn so much. I look, the last thing that I wanted to do is say, oh, some big guy made a cryptic comment about how he wants to win a championship in Philly or quote anywhere else. And then went on to talk about how badly he wants to win a championship. The last thing I want to do is take those comments and sensationalize them like crazy. Um, And I don't think I did that in the story. You did not. I was told that uh, I have not read the comments because sometimes it's good not to read the comments because it's just, you just get eviscerated in internet comments. Shame on you. I read every comment to every podcast and YouTube video. I do. Everyone. I actually print many of them out and post them on my uh, refrigerator. Well, my, my brother recently... Why does my name say Fred Katz of the Athletic now? <laughs> <laughs> because when that's your name. <laughs> that's why. Because that's your name. Nobody, right? nobody, nobody knows listen. Come on, can we explain what happened? Yeah, go ahead. Because I was waiting for for someone to acknowledge it. I jumped on and saw it right away. (laughs) I jumped on here and I see Fred Katz come up in a box, and in the box it says GMAC at at Andrew J. Claudio underscore. And I'm like, okay, obviously, someone decided that this would be this way. So I didn't say anything. And now Andrew has changed it and Fred has, has gone to pieces. Let's continue. Yeah, well, it asks it asks for your name. You got to have for the people who just listen and don't watch. Ask, it asks for your name. You got to put your name on the bottom. So and I that's put, not your name, but it's a name. It, okay. No, oh, you put, actually type that in. Yeah. 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 See, it, it, it does. This also goes to. It just thing. says name. It just says name. It could be any name. I could. Why did you put type in Nathan Seal? Bain? I could. Put, I could Seal. I could, could put, put Shakira. Shira. Yes. Yes. Who's Shakira dating now? Dwayne. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. No, he, right. no, she's not. Yeah. That, yeah. That's 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 the gossip Mel. Yeah. This How also old is goes, Shakira? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. In her 40s, I think. Good for, I mean, good for Jimmy. Good for Shakira. That's a good job by both of them. Shakira. I would say it's a great job by Shakira. both of them. Shakira. Yeah. 46 years old. Shakira, Shakira's Wonderful getting $20 job. cups of coffee. She's, she's, she's set. She can afford it. She's very successful. Unlimited she's McUltra. Still good. Yeah. Yeah, no, good for them both. That's that's good gossip. That's that's a good that's a good couple. Again, uh, exactly this, what people tuned into this podcast. Thank you. This is the thing people came for. This by yeah. this goes to a thing sometimes where John will see things on the screen that could potentially be why are we doing that? Like there was one time a Patreon episode, Fred, where my camera somehow turned off midway through. And because I we were on Zoom, and when you minimize the zoom, you only see the other person. And he just didn't say anything. So for like half the pod. <laughs> He was doing this the pod with a blank screen. I was like, oh, I guess Andrew wanted his camera off rather than stopping what it turned off. Hey, Andrew, why'd your camera turn off? Oh, I could stop it. And then I, I appreciate it because it gives me the freedom to to do stuff. But it also sometimes you could have stopped this. Like when 
if you're all, if your mic wasn't on, right? He'd be like, oh, I guess for just as one his microphone on. Okay. Well, that was the case with an early episode of Benji where Benji's mic was not on. And I was yep. like, I'm, this is probably, he's probably fine. Yeah. This is probably the best he can do. He has a microphone. I don't hear it, but it, it, the webcam should be fine. So, yes, Fred <laughs> Cat of The Athletic is, I think, who is now I think on the, the world. I think the world should know that Andrew and I were on the phone yesterday, just like shooting the shit about Immaculate Grid. And Andrew at one point says to me, the, the reason that he and John, the reason that I and John are, are such good partners is because John has the vision and he, he proposes things to me. And I'm like, yeah, John, that's not possible. It's but, there's but we can try to find a version. We can try to find well, a version on. of this. There's we're an a, idea man, and then there's an execution man. So it's, like, oh, a, that's great, a great idea. I'll we're a great pair because like I propose shitty ideas, and he tells <laughs> no, me no, no, no. It's <laughs> it's a good. Uh, you'll sometimes. You know what, Fred? You're a great writer because you submit all kinds of stuff to your editors, I, and they're like, "This is fucking ass." The I just Berman, right. I Berman's this podcast just now. Yeah, this is did. what this is. This is that is that is that is Bermaning a podcast, just blowing the whole thing. If up. I can add context, what I said was like, John is the idea guy. He'll be like, "Hey, we should do this more often," <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Hey, that's a good idea." Let me figure out the best way to execute it. That makes the most sense. So listen, the, the blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. You have a good idea every every once in a while. I'm like, huh, oh, like more Fred Katz next season. Great idea. I'm figuring out a way to execute it for next year. At this and, point, I'm about to go call up Berman and see if he can come and replace you two yahoos. Yes. Well, you want to do a honestly, Florida man, really? Honestly, honestly, John, I, if you could do that, you should do that. Do you, I would listen. I wouldn't let that podcast go one minute uh, I, before I started listening to it. I, I would think, listen. Just you and Berman. Are you kidding me? That sounds amazing. I Berman think, is so captivating. And he's so funny. The corner at some point, maybe towards the end of the season, maybe after the season where he, I mean, he was already, he was a wrestling heel while he was a reporter. And then he like took another step over the course of this year, his first year, not reporting on the team. And I think he's taken another step where he's just gone full. I don't know what something Dude, the players, the players still talk about Berman all the time. That's great. Mm. All the time. Like, M- Mitchell Robinson brings up Berman all the time. Like Mitchell Robinson finding out this year that Berman has been like married for a long time and has a family was <laughs> incredible. He started screaming. Berman got a girl. Berman got a girl. <laughs> He he talks about him all the time, unprompted. He's always the one bringing it up. Uh, you know who talks about him? Who? I Isaiah Hartenstein. Oh my god, like, he wasn't even here like, last year. Exactly. I was like Hartenstein brought him up once. He made like a he made like a comment about Berman. I was like, Berman never even covered you. He's like, yeah, but everybody knows. I've heard all the stories. You know, like that. That is a man with a legacy. Someone, I mean, look. Someone's got to write a Berman book. Berman. Someone's got to write. Berman I don't mean Berman. A great, great movie title. By the by the way, <laughs> Berman got a girl. It you was know? great. It was because Berman. Berman is. I've never met Berman's wife, but everybody talks about how how wonderful she is. How she's just like the greatest. Uh, I have met his son. His son is wonderful. He's a, he's such a great guy. Uh, I'm sure they're lovely people. I, yeah, I, I like. We love Berman. Great, Berman's a great. great guy. Berman's hilarious. Yeah. It's a great family. He's just. Uh, he's Berman. And so hearing hearing Mitch say that was just Berman got a girl. Berman got a girl. Like it's amazing. I it's think Mitchell great. Robinson should write 
the Mark Berman book. That it I should would be, read. It could be well, a children's book. I have, got I a have, girl. Yeah. I have said to Mitch, like when Berman was on the beat, that like Berman, a Berman and Mitch podcast would be oh, that's the best player journalist podcast. Like, you know, you got you got you got CJ McCollum doing one of them and you got like Austin Rivers has one, right? And KD has one and Draymond has one. Mm-hmm. If Berman and Mitch did a podcast together, that's that's I mean, J- JJ's podcast was a player podcast at some point when he was a player. I mean, that's obviously like the best player podcast ever. But like easily. Berman, Berman and and Mitch, ooh, that I think that would take the cake if it ever happened. Mitch I, Mitch was not down, nor was Berman. I would love to if I would pay a not insignificant sum of money to see the face of a certain someone, I'm not going to say his name out loud, upon hearing about, hey, guess who just decided to start a podcast with Mark Berman and they're mm-hmm. going to record live once a week for the foreseeable well, future. Mitch Mitch loved Berman. Of course he Mitch, did. Mitch clearly thought Berman was hilarious. That's why he always had so much fun with him. Like Mitch's is. fun with Berman was always very <laughs> good-natured. He, 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 that's why he's always asking about him. He's always asking about him. I, we, there should be a reunion of sorts when the Knicks travel to uh, to Florida uh, to Miami next year. Okay, we've 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 gone far foul. Let's let's bring it back, Andrew. Everything it okay now with the babes? We're good. Okay, everything's fine. I I changed it without mentioning anything, and then Fred let us down this this rabbit hole as he often yeah. does. By the way, speaking of my only comment to the Berman side of things, you said you wanted him to replace both of the, both of us. I would love to see him produce and edit a podcast <laughs> for you, Jonathan Macri, and and see how that finished product comes out. I would go swimmingly. Um, okay, where were we? You didn't Let's talk about s- Joel Embiid. Yes, you didn't Let's want to sensationalize. Yeah, I didn't uh, want to sensationalize comments. just like an offhand comment, but it's obviously newsworthy when he opens up that door. So I kind of just wanted to use Embiid's comments as an opportunity to jump off. And, and maybe maybe we should read the comment in case in case somebody missed it, because I, I absolutely positively do not expect any NBA fan, even someone who's a total, total diehard, to know every single quote that any player is says at the end of July. So he so so Embiid said this. You got it up? Okay. Yeah, I got it up. Embiid said this in in an interview with Maverick Carter. Uh, who's you know LeBron's longtime uh, business manager, very successful, and 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 does the uninterrupted uh, runs uninterrupted uh, the podcast series, and he was interviewing Embiid, and Embiid said, "I just want to win a championship. You know, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's in Philly or anywhere else." And that part was the one who that kind of picked up. Um, the steam, whether it's in Philly or anywhere else. And he continued, I just want to have a chance to accomplish that. I want to see what it feels like to win that first one and then think about that next one. It's not easy, but it makes more than one or, but it takes more than one or two or three guys. Uh, you've got to have good people around you and myself, you know, every single day I work hard to be the best, the best at the best level so I can produce and make it happen. And to me, the the actual notable stuff there was not, okay, Joel Embiid is asking out. I make it very clear in the story. Joel Embiid asking out is many, 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 many steps down the line. And we may never get there because I do know Embiid has constantly told people who are close to him over the years that he really values the one-team legacy thing. 
So I am not, and I, I at least attempted to make it very clear. I don't think this is happening tomorrow at all. I don't think it's happening the day after tomorrow at all. Uh, the reason I think it's notable is because it does make me wonder, and I think it's reasonable to wonder, okay, but what if this James Harden situation screws up everything and he doesn't feel like he has any more than one or two guys? What if James Harden really does force his way to the Clippers and they get back, I don't know, Norman Powell and and Marcus Morris in a 2028 first, which they're able to swing somewhere else for a role player? What if, what if, or two, maybe two, twenty, uh, the twenty-eight and the twenty-thirty-first. Yeah. yeah, swing those swap yeah. for role players. Yeah, get a swap. But like Joel Embiid doesn't care about a twenty-twenty-nine swap. I promise you that he's not like, oh, maybe we'll win the championship so we get the swap. And what happens if they fall from third to seventh in the East because they just don't have that roster? Then you start to wonder. Okay, and I'm I'm not reporting that the Knicks are specifically waiting on Joel Embiid. They are not waiting on specifically only Joel Embiid. What they're waiting on is the right star. And I wanted to use this as an opportunity to put a greater context around the Knicks star hunting, which is I think we speak a little too generically sometimes about the Knicks star hunting, because what it used to be was the Knicks are looking for their first star. The Knicks are looking for a star. They want to go out. They want to get a star. If there was a star... Right. Any star who's Any star. who's a real who's a real or who's star. a real star come will you know. roll out the red carpet for you. Yes, come come up. Right, and it used to be that, and I don't think it's that anymore. And by the way, that's good. Yeah, because the reason that it's not that, and it's smart that it's not that. The reason that it's not that is because they think they already have their first star, and I agree with them that they have Jalen Brunson. And they have to ask, okay, how does this guy fit with Jalen Brunson? And they notice they have to ask, how does this guy fit with Jalen Brunson? And if the answer is not so well, then you can't give up everything for that guy. And that's why they, to my knowledge, never come close on Zach Levine. They've talked about Zach Levine, but the Knicks are a team where. Sorry, for anybody who may have not read your story, I want to note that that is. Some additional fresh reporting, courtesy of you, which you say, like, they've talked, they've talked about Levine, but you are very clear, uh, just to repeat what you said a minute ago, not close, because the Bulls want, I, what was the word you used? They, they want a lot, right? They want a ton. A ton. Every, okay. I, I, I've spoken to various teams who have been in contact with the Bulls about what the Bulls' priorities are on, on Levine, and it's basically like, yeah, they're not going to hang up when you call about Levine, but they want you know, the, the moon and the stars for Levine. And that's why I don't, I, to my knowledge, I don't know any team that's gotten close. There might be a team that's gotten close to their asking price, but I, I, I don't know if that team, and I I do know that team is not the next, if it is, if it exists, Um, they're not giving up a ton for Zach Levine. Uh, They're the reason we used to remember, we used to hear all the Damian Lillard to the next stuff all the time. But the reason why we don't hear it now is because Jalen Brunson is there. And if if Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum couldn't make it work defensively, then Damian Lillard and Jalen Brunson are not going to make it work defensively. Joel Embiid, if you say you don't think the Knicks should give up 
four unprotected firsts and three unprotected first round swaps and four protected picks from other teams and RJ Barrett and Evan Fournier to make the money work. Like if you say, no, that's too much. Joel Embiid is too injury prone. And I'm too worried about he's going to, how he's going to age. He's already 29. I'm too worried about how he's going to age. I'm too worried about his body breaking down in the playoffs. It concerns me that he's never been past the second round and that he's had playoff series where it's not like he's been bad in the playoffs, but he also hasn't played like, you know, Jokic yeah. where he takes his game to another level. Uh, if you say that and you say that concerns me, I get it. That's fine. He's not a flawless star, uh, but he is the right star in terms of he can run, pick and roll with RJ Barrett. He can run, pick and roll with Emmanuel quickly. He can obviously run, pick and roll with Jalen Brunson. He can dominate the low post. He can be a one man defense when he's at his absolute best, which he isn't always at his absolute best. But when he is at his absolute best, he is essentially as good as anybody at manning the paint, controlling a defense. And, and also like the crazy thing about Embiid is like, there are very few, there are some bigs who are amazing rim protectors who will make sure that you don't get to the rim. And that's great. That's awesome. Mitchell Robinson's that it's a fantastic trait. Embiid actually limits the amount of threes that you get too when he's on the floor, you look at the on offs and it's like, and you can see why he's so long and he's so big. It's just tough to get it's tough to get good threes and he'll position himself in that way. Like Rudy Gobert is a similar sort of thing. Like he can really turn you into a one man defense. He can really become a one man defense. Uh, he is the perfect fit and a great player. Whereas Carl Anthony towns is a great player. I don't think he's the perfect fit for basketball reasons. Um, and, you know, I have in that story as well that the Knicks at no point have expressed any interest in, in towns, which I was actually surprised to learn when I, when I, when I learned it and was able to confirm all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I wanted to paint it around like they are going for the right star and they are trying to be patient right now and they are not going to give up everything for just some dude who made an all-star team and that's it. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm going to come back to a few things that you that you just said. Um, but before I get to any of that, I want to mention a name that you did not mention. And it's someone that when we were shooting shit in the I think around the probably before the trade deadline, maybe back in January, you were like, uh, you don't mind me saying this, but you're like, you know, it'd be perfect fit on the Knicks as currently constructed, Paul George. And then, sure enough, fast forward to whatever, how many months it was later, five, six months later, and guess whose name comes up? Do you think if they had their druthers, if the price was, if the price came down on the price is not going to come down on George, the Clippers clearly don't want to do this, but like, do you think that they, he would be at the top of their imperfect options list, putting aside what everything you just said, which is like, they're waiting for the right guy. I'm wondering, does George occupy this like nether world between the Levine's Harden's Lillard's uh, cats, and you know, it's Beals like those, those guys, because he's such a perfect basketball fit, but, contract age etc etc so what's your thought on that yeah i know there have been some reports about how the knicks were concerned about his medicals and they were concerned about his injury history and that was something that that came up who reported that it was somebody good and reliable who reported that was uh, it begley I, I think it was uh, both begley and i think begley and scotto both reported that and they're both oh yeah scotto had some on that yeah yeah scotto definitely reported that and he's, he's a really good reporter um and yes. for hoops i go follow him yeah, no, he's awesome. So, and he has the the funniest voice, <laughs> dude. I ran I ran into this guy on the streets sometimes because he lives around the block from me. Yeah, he's the best. He's like yeah. the best guy. He's like the best guy. He's like the friendliest, most outgoing, nicest guy ever. And he literally talks like he's doing a, an offensive impression yeah. of an Italian from Brooklyn. Like talks like this, and it's it is it's not an in, act. It's actually real. It is truly. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but I, I know Scotto reported that stuff about, um, you know, Paul George and the injury stuff. The reason I didn't include Paul George is because I just really don't think the Clippers are interested in trading him. I really don't. Everything that I continue to hear is that the Clippers would like to get James Harden. James Harden would like to go to the Clippers and the Clippers want to do this to add to Kawhi and PG because they think that he would be a really good basketball addition. And then you have Kawhi and you have PG and you have the rest of the guys and you have, you know, whoever you didn't trade for Harden and you have Russ and um, you have, you know, you have Zubats and, and, and you got yourself, you got yourself a team. Uh, I, 
I just, I just didn't think it was worth mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know where the Knicks would be on his list on their list where he would be on the Knicks list of imperfect guys. I can say personally on mine, he'd be number one, Yeah, mine too. but I don't know where he'd be on the Knicks. Cause I don't even know if he's like really on the list at this point. Like, like, you know, like yeah. Kat, in, in a way that I don't mean for cat. Like I, I reported, they've never, they've never expressed interest in cat. Um, but, but like, Cats on the list just because we're like, oh, CAA connections. And the whole league just kind of assumes that Cat is on the list. They've been but assuming I, that for I three years. Exactly. Which is why I thought it was noteworthy to report that they haven't actually done that. In spite of everyone being like Cats at CAA, they have not done that. And and Minnesota is asking for the world for Cat as well. So Minnesota is absolutely not trying to trade Cat. Like, absolutely not. And they're not... And they don't need to all, but they're not trying to trade them. They don't need to this year. They're they're. I mean, I, they don't, I, mean, I don't want to get too deep into Minnesota's finances, but like they have time to take care of their business, you know, before the summer, which leads into my, my first point about this, why I think everything you said, I mean, obviously it's spot on, but like why it logically it makes sense because the Knicks, the Knicks don't, the next summer is not the Bronson extension summer. It is not the, um, you know the the Julius extension summer. I guess it could be, right? It could be the extension summer for both of those. It's the guys. extension, the summer. extension, it's but not, it is, it, yeah, it's not the free agency. You, summer. No, it is not the free agency. It is not the summer they could opt out. So uh, we'll see what happens with those. But they get to have those two guys on the books for, um, regardless of what you think about Julius Randle as a player. What I think we could all agree is a a modest salary for that level of production. Certainly Brunson as well for one more year. So like, you know, and Fournier or whatever they do with Fournier, like that comes off the books. You figure quickly that number has been, uh, I, I think, floated about as like they would be comfortable in something in the 18 to 20 range. I guess while, while I bring it up, do you have any any thoughts on when if that gets done? It won't get done until October, but do you have any thoughts on if it gets done before the season? Yeah, I don't think it's there's a reason it's not getting done for a while. And it's because if something pops up, they have the flexibility to be able to move him. And if they extend him, he's a lot more difficult to trade. Uh, This is a guess. This is not me reporting. It will happen to be aggregators. Get your your typewriters out. (laughs) This is this is an informed guess. I would say if he is still so the deadline to extend quickly is the day before the regular season starts like October whatever i forget the exact date my guess is that if he is if quickly is still on the Knicks in october and i think the most likely scenario is that he's still on the Knicks, they extend him also for what it's worth i think next summer could very well be the jalen brunson extension summer like let's let's say jalen brunson comes out and so has at least as good of a year as he did last year Okay. But that's, that at contract least, starts at thirty. Was it thirty seven, thirty eight? That could start at. I have to. Do, I I'll, I'll look it up that, if yeah. you want. But anyway, keep going. But here's, let's say Jalen Brunson comes out this upcoming season has as good of a season as he did last year. Let's yeah. say because he's improved literally every year of his career, and he's only twenty six, or did he just turn twenty seven? He's he, about to. He's going to be twenty seven at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So. He could still be in his age of improvement. Oh, I, what if he comes yeah. out and and I've written like there are people, important people with the Knicks who are absolutely not 99% convinced 
like 100% convinced, insistent that we have not seen the best of Jalen Brunson. Like points to see those 30 a game. He averaged against Miami with a really good defense and unbelievably well-coached team that was helping off of every shooter imaginable, giving him no space. And he was still averaging like 30 a game on 50% shooting. You see that? That's going to be a thing. Like they are convinced that like he has like another leap in him. Let's say those people are right. Um, let's say those people are partially right. And he's just, he's, he's consequentially better, but it's not like he's like, you know, a second team all NBA guy. He's in the conversation for 13 all NBA again, or maybe he makes 13 all NBA when he's extension eligible. He's a year away. You have got to be thinking at that point. Okay. He's a year away. This is 2024. He's he, he is unquestionably now opting out of that contract because now that salary is like the most team friendly salary of any non rookie contract in the league. Yep. Uh, he is, unquestionably becoming a free agent in 2025 and you have to think oh no if well not oh no it's a really good thing to have an all nba player but you have to think oh if he just plays at this level again or continues to improve because now he's still improving every single year of his career we're unquestionably going to have to max him in free agency and brunson may want to give back a little money in order to get the security of an extension. Now, so, Hey, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take 4 million less than the max. If, uh, if you sign me to an extension now, and Nick's might be like, great. Cause that's often how those kinds of extensions work. I'll take a little bit less than the max and, and I'll take the security and you guys get, don't have to pay as much money for me. And the contract's more team friendly and you get a little extra cap room and I get to make a whole crap ton of money. And I think we're going to start seeing stuff like that way more in the NBA now than we ever have. We already do see those kinds of extensions. And I think we're going to start seeing it more and more with the reason being, it's just, these guys are making fake salaries. Like this it's, 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 it gets to a point where it's like, you're I understand like LeBron wants to own an NBA team and LeBron wants to be a business mogul and that kind of stuff. Like I'm not talking about that. That makes sense. Why he wants to maximize his earnings to that level. And I'm not saying it doesn't make sense for, for anyone to want to maximize their earnings as much as they want. No, but like, but I am saying there are a real thing, right? But there are also going to be people who are, who are like, I, I, I can make either $300 million over five years or I can make $290 million over five years. Like I genuinely don't see the difference. Like what the hell can I do for $300 million that I can't do for $290 million? I'm just going to do the thing that makes me happier. Uh, I I genuinely think when the mid-level exception becomes like $16 million a year, we're going to start to see some, some stars who could still get major, major money be like, do the David West thing and be like, nah, I'll take the mid-level and I'll live in the exact city that I've always wanted to live in and have a chance to be on a great team that I've always wanted to play for. And screw this max thing. I'm making $16 million a year. Like my great grandchildren are set with the mid-level exception. Like I really think we're going to start to see that kind of stuff happen. So especially stars that have earned a lot over their careers, which Jalen Brunson has not yet because I mean, look, a hundred and hundred million dollars, a hundred million dollars. It's a lot of money, but what the, I actually think I'm actually going to go a few extra leaps. I'm going to say, I don't think the Knicks when they signed Jalen Brunson thought that he was going to be this good because they obviously signed him on the declining contract. 
it the play the last two years of contract, one of which, as you just said, is a player options for a hair under twenty five million. They the max they could extend them for is thirty five because they the, if you're correct me if I'm wrong if you're gonna sign if you're gonna extend off of a player option you have the player has to opt in to the option right yeah so one hundred forty percent of that 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 contract starts at thirty five million if he goes into free agency that that contract would start at forty four that's the only reason I'm I would that's a that's a big difference though it's a big difference maybe you're right I don't know maybe I just said all oh this God. crap and I'm. No, totally but I don't think wrong. you're. But if, but again, if you're Jalen Brunson and you again, if it starts at 35, you still could do the max eight percent raises. You get one less year because again, it's the player option you're opting into. But like, it's still. Uh, I mean, one. I don't know what that tops out at. One fifty. Maybe you get a player option on that contract, so you dip into free agency one last time before you get too old. I mean, there's, or maybe he just really likes being in New York. I don't know. Well. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that I think could be analogous to this. I'm going to look. So Jalen Brunson has been in the league for five seasons, right? This will be his sixth this season. This was his fifth season. This will be his sixth. Yeah. This will be his sixth season. So we're talking about this happening after his seventh season, right? Yes. Correct. The, the conversation happening, happening after his seventh season. So, so something that I could see is he picks up the player option and he does uh, a two year extension. Because that will get him then sure. to 10. That will get him then to he can hit free agency in 10 years. And then he's eligible for the 35% max. And at that point, he may very well be able to get the 35%. Like if I'm, Which if I'm him. $350 million by that point. Exactly. And all of a sudden, $9 million a year isn't, isn't as much. Uh, Bradley Beal did something very similar to that. Where Bradley Beal could have been a free agent. He, he and, got he, and, and it worked out quite well for Brad. Where Brad, <laughs> Brad... Brad signed an extension and it was just one year. And I, I believe, and this was under stricter extension rules, you know, under the, the, the former CBA, it just switched over. You could only extend uh, for up to 120%. Uh, the starting number had to be no higher than 120% yep. of the previous year's salary. Now, now it's it 140. No higher than 140% of the previous year's salary. Uh, so what he was making was, was actually quite less than his max. But he figured, I'll extend. I'll take the security. It's only a one-year haircut that I'm doing. And then I'm going to hit free agency after my 10th season. And that, because when before, when you're six seasons or fewer, your max is 25% of the cap. Seven to nine-year veterans, your max is 30% of the cap. And uh, nine, at 10 uh, years... Nine or yeah, 10 or more, it's, it's uh, 35 yeah. Unless you're, yeah, I unless mean, you're super max eligible, in which case, but Jalen Brunson. Exactly, no. which is a thing that we have to mention. Well, he could be. Yeah, but he's not with the team that drafted him, so I thought that doesn't apply anymore. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I always right. forget that, too. So I'm, uh, I, oh, God, so much to learn. You're right. There's a lot. Uh, he's not. So Jalen Brunson might just say, it's a haircut for a couple of years. Um, I'm going to resign here anyway. This is where I want to be. I want to keep playing for Tibbs. I want to keep playing for my dad. Like, like it's not just that his father was with the Knicks that he came here. It's not just that he's known Leon Rose since he was a kid. Like he he actively wanted to play for Tibbs too. Like he he really that was a thing. Like he he really wanted to play for Tibbs. So like he might just be and he seems I can't speak for him on this because it's not like anyone's going to come out and be like I hate it here, except for apparently Evan Fournier. Uh, we'll get to but but he does he does seem. Like he enjoys 
being the man on this team. And I'm just saying it's not it's not necessarily bad bad business if it if it makes you happy, you give the team a little bit of a discount oh. for a couple of years, and then you get your massive payday once you're a tenure well, vet. So that's even more to the point that I'm trying to make, which is that unlike a team like Minnesota that is a year away from like they got to do something, the Knicks have time. So they have the luxury to, as you're saying, wait for the star that they want. And then if we get to next summer and the Sixers, you know, this season uh, miraculously pulled it together and, and won an NBA championship and, uh, you know, Giannis extends for a, a, a you know, another however many years. And, uh, you know, the, the Mavs have made it to the NBA finals and Luca decides to extend for as much as he could extend. And like all of the, you know, the names that we like to fantasize about are like off the board. Then if you're the Knicks, you can go back and you could have a, a meeting with yourselves. You're going to say, you know what? Let's actually go back and look again at insert your imperfect star here. And there's no harm, no foul. And the, this is the main point of this, which is that they bought themselves. And I'm not the first person to make this point, to be very clear. I think you've made it. I know Bagley's made it. They bought themselves time with the season that they just had. It's that's it, not saying playing with house money, but like they can go into the season as they are, and it's fine. There's no pressure. That's just, yeah, they're a good team. Pressure, but like there's, it's it, there's not a pressure to make a move right now. It's is the point. There's pressure to be good. Yes, there's pressure to be good. I don't think that ownership will be pleased if they come out and they win 42 games this year. I would agree with that. They, I, I don't think things will go down well for them if they come out and they win 42 games and they're the eight seed and they lose in the play-in tournament. Like that's no. not going well. No, but I think if they come out and they win 47 and they get the fifth seed and win a playoff series and lose in the second round and it's a replication of last year and the team is fun, well coached, played hard, plays hard, uh, you know, is is praised for doing all the right things the same way that this past year was. You see development with the young guys. You see Jalen get a little better. Like you have all those assets. You have the ability to now make the move. Things are falling apart in place X where superstar X really wants to come to the Knicks. I think that's fine. That's okay. Like it's fine. Even if they do all that and they lose in the first round, a really competitive series to a a really good team, you know, it's like, exactly. Like, like the East is good. You know, like you look at, you look at the Spurs dynasty, like when the West was awesome and you see, and you're like, fuck, fuck the Spurs got swept some years. Spurs lost in the first round some years, you know, like did they get upset by like, the Grizzlies and like as a they were the one seed and the Grizzlies were the eight seed? Am I making yeah, that exactly. up? Yeah, exactly. No, you're not. They 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 lost as a one to to an eight seed. Well, but and then like, we have to hold on. We have to say the obvious thing. And this is why Peter Holt was always praised as an owner because he understood like sometimes shit goes your way, sometimes it doesn't, and I'm gonna keep the hands off. Now he had evidence as to like, if I keep my hands off, eventually I'm probably going to win a championship because my team has won several already, but like the Knicks may not have that same luxury here as, as you just applied before. That is a fantastic point and is totally true. Um, Um, I'm, I'm more just speaking to the overall concept of, of development doesn't have to be like, okay, they made it to the second round. So now they got a hundred, a thousand percent. And and look, they're, they're a good team. And, and look, I, I've thought it was interesting. There are so many questions I would love to ask Leon Rose or World Wide West or Brock Aller or wait, were you any, were you sick when they did the postseason <laughs> presser? 
Yeah, I, there's so many, and 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 one of them, it's not super high on the list because I have others that are so much higher because I have now years worth of questions. But if 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 there were like regular availabilities and I were able to ask one of the and and I, I was able to ask the stuff I wanted to ask a year and a half ago, and I just had stuff about this summer to ask. One of the things I would ask is, was the way that you handled this summer a direct reaction to the way that you handled two summers ago? Because what happened two summers ago is they won with defense and grit. This was the twenty the twenty twenty one season that we hear too um, exactly, and they won with grit and they won with defense and they won because they played crazy hard, right? And they they won because you know Reggie Bullock had such a good year and Julius had this breakout season and RJ hit his threes and you know Don't forget Alec and they, Burks and Alec Burks is good. Albert's a damn good way, basketball player. You know who'd make the Knicks a little bit better? Albert. I was just going to say, he, he also had like, I mean, when no one was watching because it was the Pistons, but he I know, had a, I know. He had a, there was concern because he came into the year with that foot injury about like, what's going to happen. But he had a really great year. He's, he's had a great transformation too. Cause he was kind of this scoring guard and did not have a great jump shot. And now he's this knockdown three point shooter. Good what work ethic. Really what beloved teammates too. doing because they have two. Their two best players. I you could argue. You could argue their two best players are Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich, who are on the older side. And like they're good. If they're there, they're going to get time. They're going to get shots. They're going to get opportunities. Like why are the Pistons trading? What are the? I don't. Here's what I don't understand about what the Pistons are doing. For the second straight year, the Pistons entered the offseason with cap space. And for the second straight year, they decided that they were going to use their cap space to take in bad contracts and get picks for them. I think that's a great strategy for teams who are who are not good to do. I think it's I think it's a fantastic strategy. But you can't only do it for second rounders. Like they they took in last summer, they took in Neurons Noel and Alec Burks for just a second round pick. Hmm. Everyone around the league was telling me, oh, it's going to cost them a first to get off of Noel. It's going to have to cost them a first to get Burke's totally fair contract, but it's going to have to cost them a, it's going to cost them a, in the context of everybody in the league, knowing what the Knicks were after and why they were desperate to get off of that money. And they, all the Knicks had to give up was inconsequential second round pick. Uh, Meanwhile, now this summer, Detroit is similarly desperate. (laughs) But not even that. Detroit is is potentially preparing an offer sheet for Cam Johnson. Brooklyn wants to keep Cam Johnson. Yes. But in order to keep Cam Johnson and be able to pay him <laughs> so they don't <laughs> soar into the luxury tax, they have to get off of Joe Harris's money. Which would make now, so fascinating. They probably would have found another way to get off of Joe Harris's money and still be able to keep Cam Johnson or match a Cam Johnson offer sheet from Detroit. But instead of just going after the Cam Johnson offer sheet and putting Brooklyn in the position that Brooklyn has actually put so many other teams in with Tyler Johnson and Alan Crabb and Otto Porter, Instead of doing that, Brooklyn says, oh, you know what? Why don't you just salaried them to us and you can resign the guy that we want? And if you're getting a first out of that, that awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But like, why are you doing it for, for a second? Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. It was confusing. I don't, that's the part. That's the part that I don't really understand. And I like, I like Isaiah Stewart. 
Isaiah Stewart's good player, but there is a chance that if he comes out and struggles this year, he's their fourth string center, and they just gave him four for sixty-four. I, that contract, um, honestly, that contract might young player. I get it, upside. He's dabbling with the three-point shot. I get all that stuff. Energy guy, culture guy, whatever. All the stuff. It's a lot, as you said on the on the live stream of Free Agent Day. That's a lot of Isaiah Stewart. It's it's a lot, and 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 you know what? It's you don't have to critique the Isaiah Stewart contract. It's just that that the Isaiah Stewart extension came in at four for 64 means there has to be a critique of something because if you knew yeah. you were willing to pay Isaiah Stewart that much money, which you should have because yep. he's been in your system for a long time. Yep. Then why are you doing the Wiseman trade? I, like why, why, why is that the guy who you're trying to trying to go get? Like, why are you doing the Bagley contract and the Bagley trade the year before why are you going out of your way to try to get Duran? you know who by the way i think was a good pick and I, is probably going to be a really good player he, sure he showed a ton uh, he showed a ton this year like he was a really good rookie uh he was good but they have like four guys who are best at center and it's just it's just weird at I, some point like at some they're point they're gonna be they bad again to, by the way yeah at some point they have to try to win like, I well, we'll we'll see. Um, I a lot of, picks. Of, of all of yeah, of all the of all the protected picks the Knicks have, I think the one that I would bank on a converting and b being the best pick when it converts. I think I would still bank on the Pistons because I think push will just come to shove and eventually they'll like it'll convert as like nine or ten or eleven or I forget where the protections go up to, but something something hefty. Anyway, we've we've gone far afoul. Um. My God, how did we even get to this point? Okay, let me... I'm going to try to bring us back here. Uh, yeah, the Knicks are good. They're going to be good. Um, and James Nolan, even as... as, as oh, wait. What, oh, what? John. What? I was I was in the middle of a point. Continue the point if you remember and it. I, and I totally got derailed with my <laughs> Detroit spiel. So, no, I was... I, I really wonder. I don't know the answer to this. I really wonder... The Knicks won in in the We Here season. They won with great oh, defense this is, yes. and all of that. Yes, and the yes. offense struggled so much during the Hawks series. And Julius struggled so much during the Hawks series that they were like, we need more ball handling, more creation to be able yep. to take the offensive load off of Randall. Totally intuitive. Makes sense. But in order to go get the offensive creation and the ball handling and all of that, when they signed Fournier and Kemba Walker, what they did was they they fundamentally changed the identity of the team by putting the two of those guys at the top of their defense for very yeah. obvious reasons. And it didn't work. And that team crapped the bed, not just because of that. I mean, there were many reasons well, why, we don't have but, to, yeah. but it's clear that neither signing worked uh, at all. And I wonder if they looked at that and they were like, okay, Instead of trying to fix our holes by getting guys who deviate from our identity, and this is something that they've really been revving up to with Josh Hart trade and the Grimes pick and all that, like, let's go get someone who like, okay, we struggled with shooting and maybe we could use an extra ball handler. So let's go get the guy who does that while still fitting the exact identity that we need. Hard-nosed player, plays really hard on defense, is going to work his ass off, will probably respond really well to Tibbs. Like like the same sort of personality and mentality that Josh Hart is. Like he'll he'll fit 
in with those guys well from a cultural standpoint and he'll fit in well with those guys from identity standpoint uh and so so i i i just wonder if if they were like okay we we learned something here and so we're gonna we're gonna shake it up and and go about this differently which, which is what you want from your front office and i the I think because they did not try to upset the apple cart so much like two years ago, they will be good. And even if they, let's say, are the sixth seed and they lose a seven game series in the first round to some team that is, you know, just more talented than them and plays well, I think even James Dolan would be smart enough. I, I famous last words. I hope. James Dolan would be smart enough to sit there and recognize like, okay, shit happens. The Warriors before they won four championships in however many years they got to the second round. And then the year after that, they lost in the first round and then they won however, whatever it was 60, 69 games. Um, not saying the Knicks are the Warriors, but I, I've, I use, I've used that comp before just to show like, it's not linear. You mentioned the Spurs losing in the first round before. So like shit happens. One more thing on Embiid very quickly. And I, I, get the concern about him playoff performance and like Benji has voiced some concerns. I think accurate ones about like, can you really run the offense through a post player that isn't the sort of passing savant that Jokic is? I think that's all, all valid stuff for me. It's a perfect fit because like, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a historian of the game. You could have the best center in basketball, whether it was Shaq, whether it was, you know, um, you know, Duncan once upon a time. I mean, Ewing was very good back in his day. Like when it comes to the fourth quarter, fourth quarter is still typically ball handler time, right? Like, and let Embiid be your horse for three quarters or three plus quarters. And then guess what? The Knicks have, I, I'm, I'll say it right now. I think Brunson's one of, certainly one of the 10 best guys in the league in terms of like, who do you want with the ball in their hands? Fourth quarter, crunch time. I mean, the numbers certainly said so this year in crunch time for, for Brunson. So I think it's a great marriage from that perspective. If you're looking for the perfect fit, it doesn't exist. I, yeah, I don't know if it does either. Like, I, I, I think Benji made a case for Doncic the other, the other day. but I, Benji, Benji knows basketball better than I do. Uh, both of us. Yes. People, it was better, basketball was better than both of us combined. Probably. Yes. So, yeah. But I think sometimes we overanalyze this stuff. Maybe, yeah. He's the MVP. Yes. He's, he's right. a center. Your best player is a point guard. Look, we can nitpick the hell out of it. Guess what Jalen Brunson's not? He's not a great pick and roll guard. He doesn't have uh, one thing that I would love to see him improve on is passing to rollers in the yes. pick and roll. Yeah. He is Didn't not great. Yeah. And it's, it's because he's not good at finding those angles. Um, he very rarely throws lobs. How often does he throw a lob to Mitch? I uh, very, very rarely. I wish that stat was easier to, I don't know where to find. I'll just be transparent. I don't know where to find that stat. Lobs. You would thrown, probably have thrown. to watch. You would probably have to watch every single, uh, every single, uh, Mitch or, or Brunson to Mitch assist and just count them off the um, top of my head. It would surprise me if it was in the double digits, but you look just at Brunson and, and, and it's a size thing, you know, like, like you look at Brunson and, and he gets coming downhill. He also likes to stop when he's coming downhill. He doesn't like go all the way there. Like he's not, he's not a uh, John Morant, you know, <laughs> he likes to stop and then be like slightly, slight difference in athleticism. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm over people saying that Jalen Brunson is not athletic. No, uh, okay. I'm over it. Jalen Brunson is really. Yes. Athletic. In certain ways, he's extraordinarily athletic, but he just isn't a, a, way a jumper. Yeah. He's just not a high jumper, but he's extremely athletic. Like he is so quick. His, his ability, like being able to rev up. Like Ricky Henderson is not the fastest player in the history of baseball. I love that we got a Ricky Henderson cop in here. Ricky Henderson's first step is the fastest first step. Ricky Henderson went zero to 60 so quick. Brunson goes zero to 60 so quick. And there might be some cars out there that go 100 miles an hour, but it takes them a little bit longer to go from from there. The burst burst is elite. The burst is amazing. And the burst with just like a single step without even moving his pivot foot is unbelievable. His balance is amazing. His coordination is amazing. I have no idea if Jalen Brunson ever played baseball. I bet he'd be really good at baseball. Some basketball players who are horrific, go watch John Walls or Paul Pierce's first pitch that they've thrown at games. It looks awful. I bet you like Jalen Brunson be really good at that because he's so coordinated. I bet you'd be really good at golf. Because he's... Yeah, because he's... Like really good at golf, probably. Like any of the coordination sports, he'd probably be great at. Yeah, maybe. Compact swing. Yeah, soccer. His footwork's unbelievable. Uh, But like the thing with Brunson is that kind of stuff, I think, is a size thing where it's hard for him to throw the lob over a larger defender who's on him or something like that. You even see it when he gets trapped. You notice when he gets trapped, he, he basically never hits the roller. That's part of why it's so easy to trap him. If I were him this summer, one of the things I'd be working on is passing to the roller after traps because the Knicks, what they have to do is when, when Brunson gets trapped is a second, they run a pick and roll. Let's say he runs it with, with, uh, you know, runs a pick and roll with, with Randall and Randall rolls and Randall's defender comes up and traps Brunson. Now there are two guys on Brunson 30 feet from the hoop. What the Knicks do is they have somebody else. Let's say it's RJ come up from the other side, from the wing to the top of the key. And then Brunson outlets to RJ. And that's how they try to get that four on three that way. Uh, If you can just get it to Randall, you've got more momentum. He's closer to the rim and it takes faster. Like you can operate quicker, which means you have even more of an advantage. That's like, you know, the, Curry to Draymond Green, very famous play. Uh, I think that's something he has to work on. And it's, it's a, I do think it's a size thing. I also know that it is certainly not impossible for a small point guard to do it because we've seen Chris Paul become one of the last throwers in the entire league. Uh, We've seen Isaiah Thomas be amazing at that kind of stuff. Both. Isaiah Thomas. I was about to say both Isaiah Thomas's be great at that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so I, I, he can do it. And I know that's a really, really high standard, but that's what Jalen Brunson is. Now we, we hold him to that standard, you know, that that's just the level of player. That and also is. we, we've seen evidence of him. Trent, like putting him, he's like, I'm going to be better at this. And then coming in and actually doing it like he did with, with uh, threes off the, off the dribble this year. Right. So we can, so we can nitpick any star. Oh, okay. So Brunson is not going to be the perfect pick and roll partner for Embiid. Okay. Uh, yeah. Doncic is, is perfect with Brunson. We've seen them both before. They're amazing together. The offense is unbelievable when they're together. And guess what? You're going to poke them apart on defense. Now you've got two subpar defenders on the court in every single important moment that you have. Uh, oh yeah. You can go get Giannis. He's a two-time MVP and you can argue he's the best player in the league, but, uh, but Giannis 
can't shoot. Oh no, you got to build a specific team around Giannis. Yep. Jokic, Jokic has 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 won 28 MVPs. He is averaged a triple double for 472 consecutive seasons. I know he's never actually averaged one. He dominates in the playoffs every single year. He had one of the most incredible individual runs to the finals, considering the context and the narrative coming into it in the history of the game. Like I genuinely think that his, oh, yeah. his playoff run this year will go down as like Hakeem in 95. Well, when David Robinson beat out Hakeem for MVP and then he played in the West finals and they announced it right before the West finals that David Robinson won. And then Hakeem just eviscerated him and then won the finals again. Like, I think it is going to go down with that sort of legacy. It is, it is an epic, epic finals run. And still people are going to be like, Oh no, you could put Jalen Brunson and, 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 and Jokic in pick and rolls. What happens now, all of a sudden, you need like a wing who can protect the rim because you're going to have to bring I, up Jokic high on the pick and rolls. And then that roller is going to be able to get there. You need a really great weak side defender. Aren't many guys like that. Who are you going to have? It's like we can nitpick all of them. We can yeah. nitpick all of them. Sometimes you just kind of got to be. This is a great player who doesn't clash like Lillard's an amazing player, but he clashes. Yeah, it's a Brunson. direct clash. Yeah, Embiid you know, I, doesn't clash. No, Giannis wouldn't clash like like these great players lebron wouldn't clash with him you know yeah. like i'm not i'm not naming these guys as potential next guys i'm just naming the best no players but you're but you're making the point that there are enough which is why like if it doesn't end up being Embiid, there are enough guys out there that their situations are at this point, let's say worth paying attention to, right? Like they're not Jokic. Like Jokic, Jokic is going to retire on the Nuggets. We know that. Just like Curry did, just like Dirk did. Like that's Jokic's path. Every other major big time player in the league, you could look at and be like, okay, let me at least see what's going on there. Let me like not take my eye off of them. Um, so yeah, and and most of these guys like can fit with Jalen Brunson, even if it's not perfect. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I love that we have talked for uh, 65, 66 minutes and change, and we have not yet hit one of the things that was on our itinerary. I have a date with my daughter to go see Mission Impossible in 28 minutes. So we're going to we're going to speak. So let but yeah, let's do, let's, let's do it. A, a couple quick things. Well, um, I just want to point out also, yes. this is a great example of how. Uh, the podcast with without me and without Andrew and just with Berman would be totally fine. Andrew came up with a whole outline. He worked hard. I came on. I didn't put my real name in as my super on the screen. I didn't and then we you. talked about we I talked about literally exactly. We talked about literally nothing that Andrew wanted us to talk about. A lot of good uh, Pistons talk, though, which I'm sure Andrew's thrilled about. Okay, um, we we okay. We so essentially did talk Pistons about talk. why do we talk about the Pistons for so much? 
Because they're well, okay, here's why. So GM, GMAC, Andrew just puts in the chat, Pistons get more love than Evan Fournier. You know why? Talking about the Pistons situation is more interesting to me than talking about Evan Fournier right now. I'll give you a, a quick softball. Uh, just like you've you've covered Fournier all year. You have an immense amount of respect for his professionalism, for how good of an interview he is. Um, he obviously is is not thrilled right now with his situation. Let me ask it this way. I, as a fan who am concerned about things, as I've shared with you many times about, you know, locker room, harmoniousness, that's probably not a, not a word, you know, culture, blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I'm not worried about this Fournier thing. I read the story. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's fine. Let's move on. If you were me, would you be more worried or would you have something similar to the attitude that I have now? Have you seen me tweet about it or write about it? No. If I was concerned, I would have tweeted or write. I, I would have tweeted or, or wrote about it. I, I, for those who don't know, Fournier made some comments very bluntly, stating discontent with not playing this year. I, I was somewhat surprised at first. I was surprised at first that he came out and said that so bluntly. And then I started to think about it. I was like, actually, I'm not. Um, Fournier's incapable of not being honest i mean if you remember the after after the season was over and they lost he said he was just like yeah of course i'm getting traded like you expect me to be back the reason i respected the way that fournier went about his business this year and the reason why i think his teammates and his coaches respected how he went around his business this year this year is not because he got benched and was just like oh okay i'm a bench player now let's go team and and just just decided to be like you know a cheerleader that's not why it was respectable it was respectable because he's he's really competitive he is a really competitive guy he's a really prideful guy that's he's still in his prime he was not happy at all about being benched and in spite of the fact that he wasn't happy at all about being benched, he was still like, and at one point he actually literally said this in a, like on the record in a quote, he said, what am I supposed to do? Just show up and bitch to everybody. Like who wants that? Yeah. Uh, like he was totally upset about being benched, but the fact that he was even while being upset, he was able to have perspective of no, it doesn't mean that I'm going to treat people poorly. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a bad teammate. It doesn't mean I'm not going to help the young guys. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to work hard. Um, you talk to the people there and he would go really hard in practice. You you show up really early for a game and you see him out on his his pregame routine. He's going like really hard in his pregame routine. Like he's not he's not milking it, you know? He's going really, really, really hard in his pregame routine. He's treating it like that is his game. I'm talking about after he's out of the rotation. Like that's his game, that pregame routine, you know? Uh, And so I think the respectable thing with Fournier is that he felt this way and was still able to be like, "I'm, I'm pissed and I don't like it and I'm not happy. And I think it's safe to say he uh, he wouldn't mind being on another team that actually gave him playing time. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't blame and, him for that. And and I I don't think he wants to do it again. I think also like it's a lot easier for a guy to stomach it when they're like, okay, it's just for this year, and then I can go elsewhere. 
Make it the and next five months. I think that's months. also yeah. something that he probably told himself. I know that's something Derrick Rose told himself too. Like Derrick Rose wanted to play. I'm sure he did. Derrick Rose was a model citizen, and the guys in that locker room respect the hell out of Derrick Rose. And the young guys talk about how he works with them all the time and was such a great mentor. And and they all talk about how easy and low maintenance he was after he got benched, especially considering the dude's a former MVP. But part of the reason that the Knicks didn't pick up the team option, I mean, look, part of it is that it would have sent him into the luxury tax and that's very expensive. Uh, but it could have been a good use for like a star trade. And And part of the reason was like, I don't know. Various people told me after that they thought it was um, that like it was a favor to Rose. Oh, really? Uh, that Rose, that Rose actually didn't, that Rose actually didn't, that Rose doesn't care about the money. He's made so much money in his career. Kind of similar concept to what I was talking about before. Yeah. Sure. And and he's also like, so Zen all the yeah. time. Like he doesn't care chess. about that stuff. Yeah, exactly. He just, he just wants to play. And he said it. He said he wants to Tom Brady it, right? He wants to play into his 40s. And he knows if he goes another season where he's just on the bench all the time and then he becomes a free agent again, he might not get signed. And if he does get signed, it might be under the assumption that he's just not going to play. Dude, so he wanted to go somewhere where he can play. Um, would you be shocked if he's starting ga- game one for Memphis? So they just keep the bench as obviously Jones no. is the best backup point guard. Is well, no, Jones is in Washington now. Oh my god! I forgot that. How did that's a bad yeah. job by me? Yeah, um, smart. I mean, but smart. But like they obviously traded for smart, so he could start alongside right. John Moran. Kinda, so just keep everything as is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I I wouldn't be shocked. I'm also not a hundred percent convinced that he can't play anymore. No, like, either. I I I think it was a fit I think, thing. I think the team at the time needed to make an adjustment that was away from some of the thing and you know and he was a little rusty but whatever yeah i mean look i could i could see a world where like he basically just didn't play basketball for 10 months i could see a world where that refreshes his body sure and he comes out and he's able to give you 20 good minutes a game like i'm not talking about like unbelievable derrick rose but just like the derrick rose that the knicks had not this past season but the season before where he only played 26 games before he got hurt but he was so good he was so good for those first 26 games. I could see that happening. But with Fournier, he's very honest. Everybody knows he's very honest. He's kind of incapable of not saying what's on his mind. Uh, I know he was frustrated. I also know that Tibbs generally doesn't really tend to care about this kind of stuff when it's said. Um, if he were to show up, my guess, and I have not spoken to him since he said this stuff, but my guess is if he were to show up, he would still be a pro. Like he's not, he just doesn't strike me as the dude who's going to be a problem. He's like a really, really respected, well-liked teammate. Uh, So I, I I think he was just venting frustration and, and I understand it. I understand how it, how, how it happened and why it was said. Um, my daughter has just come to retrieve me and let me know that we are officially now late. Uh, very, very quick. I'm going to hold you to like 30 seconds or less on each of these. Very quick. Um, do you think the Knicks will miss Obi Toppin? No, I don't think NBA teams miss players who are role players for the most uh, part. I, I concur. Uh, number two, uh, do you think the Knicks putting aside the possibility of some very, very fringy move. Do you think they're done uh, before the off season's over? Probably. Cause it's so late. 
it's so rare that we see a, a trade at this point. So I'd say I'd say they're they're more likely than not done. Okay. Um, and although wait, we wait. don't know about that Dwayne Washington Jr. qualifying <laughs> offer. Uh, last one uh, off topic. Do you think uh, Dame ends up in Miami before the season starts? Oh, let's go bold. No, let's Whoa! say starts the, year, starts the year in Portland. Shit, that'd be wild. Um, Fred Katz, you're amazing. Um, I mean, I mean, we say it, I say it, but like. Cannot emphasize enough. Oh, here's my daughter. Just in Hello. Case anybody, in case anybody was wondering whether she was actually chiding me to get done. Um, I could sit here and I could talk to you about basketball uh, or really anything for hours upon hours upon hours. I, we could do a whole, we could do a Pistons podcast. Seriously. And I would, I would. We, we just did. That. We just did. We guess. just did. Uh, we didn't even mention Stop. the unsettling photos of, of Kate Cunningham and rocking his new uh his, his new look. It's not even new. That picture is like a month old, but whatever. But those um, weren't, that wasn't real. It wasn't real. The Cade Cunningham gaining weight thing. Oh no. I just saw a picture of him. He had like, he looked like kind of un, un- go to the movies, go to the movies, John, be a dad. <laughs> be a dad. All right. All right. All right, all right. This was trending doing? toward another Pistons po- part okay. two of the Pistons. Okay. Pod. Yeah. Come, come next time for part two of the Pistons pod. Uh, Fred Katz, uh, you can follow him. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can follow Twitter. me. You, you can yeah. follow me at uh, uh, Andrew J. Claudio <laughs> underscore on Twitter. Um, and you can follow my work at Next Film School. I produce all the pods. And, uh, you and know, every once in a while, I'll, yes, every once in a while, I'll jump on and uh, and, you know, I come up with outlines that end up being totally useless for for podcasts and just totally pointless. And uh, yeah, all my stuff there. Go read Fred Katz at the Athletic. He's amazing. Um, he's, I mean, he's. It's. I say it every time. He is it is a gift that he comes on here and he bullshits with us for as long as he does. Um, Andrew Claudio, the real Andrew Claudio. Thank you for your work on this episode. Anything we forgot? Nope. Go to the movies. Mission we literally forgot everything, but go to the movies. <laughs> well, we literally didn't do any of the podcasts. We literally, literally forgot everything. Yes. So, so go to the movies. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Peace out. 